Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I am your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody. Thank you once again for joining my brother and I for what is going to be a fantastic podcast. My name is W.J. Sheehan, if we've never met. And I am the author of a series of books entitled Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters, all of which are available at Amazon in paperback and ebook. And if you're an audio buff, Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well, you can get those books, volume one through eight, over there. And now, may I introduce you to my brother and co host. K.J. Sheehan. Kev, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Bill? All right, and for you and the audience, if I'm sounding like I have a little bit of a lisp or something funny about my voice, I'm undergoing some (laughs) dental reconstruction. Uh, (laughs) That sounds like fun. Oh, no, no, no. There there is nothing fun about it. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because if I didn't laugh, I'd be crying. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm doing a partial denture for my friends out there. And I had two extractions done. And uh, she could have taken out a jackhammer. Uh, to do the work she was doing because it was freaking rough, rough going. <laughs> and this is to replace the teeth where the Bigfoot punched you in the face? Yeah, yeah, but I got him back. <laughs> <laughs> While you were reloading? Yeah. Well, you know, you can punch me all you want, but when the lead starts flying, it's game over. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I hurt you? Just had to get the jam out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Kev, I mentioned to you when we uh, got together tonight, uh, I got a little something uh, before we do our cryptids in the news and other oddities segment. And I, I, for some reason, I have a feeling a lot of people in the listening audience are a lot like me when it comes to uh, strange things or uh, facts, facts. Odd uh, happenings, and of course, you know, look at what we do here. <laughs> it's no, there's yeah, no. Yeah, we question. do some strange stuff. Yeah, and really, uh, I don't know. Maybe once in a while, I'll flip one of these onto the podcast just for a couple of uh, a little thought-provoking uh, read. Uh, this particular one that I 
I really, I don't know, I felt compelled to bring it to the air tonight. And it really is kind of like a listing of the many eerie coincidences between the assassinations of Abraham Lincoln and John Kennedy. Oh, yeah. And I think if you, when you listen to this and it's brought to you in this format, this like listing of events, I think you're going to be pretty blown away by this. So let me, it'll only take me two minutes to do this, but I think when we're done, uh, Kev, you and the listeners are going to be like, wow. But listen to this. Both Kennedy and Lincoln were shot on a Friday. Each of them was sitting next to his wife when they were shot. And neither wife was injured. Their last names, Kennedy and Lincoln, both have seven letters. Lincoln was elected to Congress in 1846. Kennedy in 1946. Lincoln was elected president in 1860. Kennedy in 1960. Both were succeeded by a man named Johnson. Lincoln by Andrew Johnson and Kennedy by Lyndon Johnson. Andrew Johnson was born in 1808. Lyndon Johnson was born in 1908. Each Johnson's first and last names together are composed of 13 letters. The assassins of Lincoln and Kennedy were both known by three names, James Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald. The names of both Wilkes and Oswald are each composed of 15 letters. Booth shot Lincoln in a theater and hid in a warehouse. Oswald shot Kennedy from a warehouse and hid in a theater. Both Booth and Oswald were killed by a single shot from a Colt revolver before they could be brought to trial. Both Lincoln and Kennedy were pronounced dead in a place that had the initials P.H. Lincoln in the Peterson House and Kennedy at Parkland Hospital. Lincoln had sons named Robert and Edward. Kennedy had brothers named Robert and Edward. Lincoln's secretary was named Kennedy, and Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln. And the final bizarre coincidence is this. The car in which Kennedy was riding when he was shot was a Lincoln What do you think of that, Kev? Yeah, I had heard some of those before, but not all of them. So there's some really, uh, there's some really good ones in there. Yeah, I mean, just totally bizarre factoids, as I call them, you know. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Interesting. You know, I'm sure a lot of people out there will get a, 
just a kick at a ru- that little rundown because I think there are a lot of them a lot a lot yeah, like me. Yeah, I mean, you. like I said, I heard some of those before, but not all of them, and it was more compelling. Like you know, the one that's always kicked around. Well, you know, Kennedy was riding in a Lincoln Continental, but you know, that's not that big of a deal. But the other stuff is pretty darn interesting. Yeah, but it's it's the conglomeration yeah. of uh, of all of them that is like really that is like. These dates being like a hundred years apart for like everybody and the same. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I hadn't heard that before. Uh, and the, the the brothers and the sons and the names and the uh, it's just so far out there that so many different things like kind of laid out uh, similarly to both uh, men's lives and and uh, and their deaths. Very pretty, strange. Pretty cool. Yeah. Speaking of pretty cool, that's what it is here tonight. Yeah, it's getting cold tonight. I was in Charlotte for the last couple of days, Charlotte, North Carolina. Drove back here early this morning before work, and uh, it was warm all day today. A little bit of rain, some pretty good thunderstorms, and then after the thunderstorms went through, it's chilly. It's supposed to be chilly tomorrow, too. Yeah, well, I think tomorrow we're having opening day at Yankee Stadium, Boston, and the... Against the evil Red Sox. Yeah, Boston and the Yanks once again. <laughs> it's interesting that that's opening day, right? Like it was supposed to be today. What and do you they mean? called it, and they called it because they saw the weather that was coming through, and they knew they would never get it off. Oh, okay. Uh, so tomorrow's the day. I think one o'clock in the afternoon they're having a game. Okay. Cool. I didn't so, check the time here we yet. go again. Baseball. Baseball is going. <laughs> Bugs Bunny, first base. Bugs Bunny, second base. Bugs <laughs> Bunny, shortstop. Bugs Bunny, third base. Bugs Bunny, catching Bugs Betty. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I do. Now that you're doing uh, it, I remember. I love, I love that stuff. Funny. <laughs> So Baseball, <laughs> so spring's got to be here, right? Yeah. I know it is officially spring, but it hasn't felt a lot like spring lately, even in North Carolina. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's it's April. You know, I think we always chomp at the bit a little bit that you know we want we want this beautiful balmy weather to just kind of blow in on us and uh, sit outside on a porch chair, you know, and. But the reality is, like even with baseball, how many baseball seasons and opening days have started up here in the Northeast? Cold. We've even had oh, snow. Oh, some snow. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I think they get more snow on opening days of baseball season than when they play the uh, outdoor hockey games, the winter classics. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is weird. But uh, I'm glad to have it. I'm sure everybody else that's into the game is oh, glad yeah. too. Absolutely. Especially <laughs> so what, because they were talking about going on strike and stuff like that, right? Like that uh, would have been a train wreck. Yeah, I'm glad cooler heads prevailed and these guys are starting to realize, hey, it's about the fans. Yeah, and it's a pretty good gig we got here. You know, yeah, real good gig. Getting paid millions of dollars as adults to play baseball. Come on. Yeah, and a lot of them sitting out for half the season. Yep. <laughs> and still getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kev, what happens to you if you sit out for half the year? <laughs> yeah, I don't get paid. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah, even if I'm not treated fairly. <laughs> what I so deem what fairly. Got, <laughs> what do you got tonight, bro, in our uh, uh, oddities You know, a few segment. weeks ago we went to the Freaky Deaky in Cryptids in the News and Other Oddities, and we're going back to Freaky Deaky tonight. I love it. So this isn't <laughs> like a scary, creepy one, but it's freaky, and, and it's kind uh-huh. of fun, too. And I never uh-huh. heard of these critters, and they are critters. <laughs> so you tell me, have you ever heard of something called the rebob? Rebob? Rebobs. Is that anything like a Reebok? <laughs> nope, they're not sneakers. They are, in fact, the flying monkeys of Napa Valley, California. No kidding. Yeah. Flying monkeys? Flying monkeys. As in... Exactly like that. And your little dog, too. Oh, my God. When I was a kid, those things sent a chill down my spine. They were creepy, man. With the little bellboy hats on and vests. Ah. That was a scary, one of the greatest cinematic pieces ever put together. Oh, yeah. You know, without a doubt, in that day and age, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it was like, I think it was like 1935 or something. Yeah. Just fantastic. Way back there. So, look, these rebobs, what's the gig with them? So, rebobs, so this article was written by by someone named Darcy Nadal. I think it was for a local local paper up there. Um, And uh, these rebobs, they've been around, a legend of them, they've been around since the 50s. And they do look a lot like uh, the flying monkeys from The Wizard of Oz, but, you know, no uh, little bellman hats or vests or anything like that. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely no slick jeans definitely freaky no uh, skinny jeans either yeah no boots or anything but they do have varied descriptions like some of them are wildly varied so that's kind of freaky deaky in itself and uh they show up uh in a in a little town in napa valley so we're talking northern california where some of the greatest wines at least in the u.s i have to say that for our French listeners, of course, yeah. a lot of people think the California wines are better than the French wines. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't want to alienate any Frenchies. Well, you uh, know, uh, uh, Kev, you know, uh, I got to bust in here. You know, there was a taste tasting uh, test done many years ago by none other than a group of Frenchmen. It was a blind taste test uh, to kind of end the quibbling about whose wine was better. Do you know, this is a true, this is a true fact. The Frenchmen themselves voted for not one, but all of the California wines as being the best. However, they are no longer <laughs> Frenchmen. We have... <laughs> Kicked them out of the country, and they not even are allowed to speak French anymore. <laughs> bon voyage. To, bon voyage, monsieur. 
I'm sorry to bust in on you like no that. No problem. No problem. So a lot of these sightings are along a road called Patrick Road. And there's some pictures of uh, Patrick Road as you're going down it, which I'll put up on BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com, where it's painted in the middle of the road. Beware. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, the, the rumors have been around for decades, but they have very much uh, varying descriptions. So some of them, you know, are classic monkey-like appearance with wings. Uh, some of them are kind of half monkey and half robot with wings, which when you think about it, like the the Wizard of Oz monkeys were a little bit robot-like, probably just because of the limitations of costumes, you know. Yeah, but like yeah. the face was a little robotic looking. Right? What do you think they were in the movie? I think they were people dressed up, for sure. Just maybe even children, right? Children, yeah. Gave them roles as Children monkeys making the them work 24 hours a day, you know, and no food, <laughs> and they're paying them like 50 cents for the day. Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> One of the accounts that people uh, talk about of the Rebob sighting, this one's one of the different ones, is that it's like covered in branches and looking like a walking plant, huh. which is kind of interesting, right? Yeah, that would be weird. Picture seeing that. Yeah, yeah. And then the origin of the Rebobs varies as well as the appearance. And uh, some of them are pretty cool, and, and they... Uh, they attribute the creation of the rebob to some sort of mad scientist. So <laughs> let me let me run through a couple of these. So one is monkey-human hybrids. So it's uh-huh. basically this scientist was trying to combine monkeys and humans for combat purposes. And a lot of these are related to combat, probably because it's Napa Valley, you know, they're like, ah, it must be the military doing something weird. Um, <laughs> and when when this scientist was combining monkeys and humans, one of the experiments got out of control and the monkeys escaped and killed him. Yeah, kind of like the old uh, gorilla falling off the uh, crash circus train. Exactly. We've heard that one. <laughs> and here's one that it's a, a monkey-bat hybrid. Not a Louisville slugger bat, but a flying bat. And it talks about a scientist, again, trying to breed some kind of hybrid animal for military purposes. And in this case, they were fusing bats and monkeys together. Uh Uh-huh. Pretty creepy. Yeah, it sounds like a remake of an old Chilla Theater episode. Uh, Yeah, Chilla. (laughs) Six-fingered hand coming out of the ground. And how about the creature feature? <laughs> so speaking of creature feature, how about this one? This one claims that yet another scientist was working for the military to create a better soldier during World War II. And he used the Patrick Cemetery on Patrick Road to obtain uh. new bodies for his research. Uh, and sh- this author writes, I'm not sure how the flying monkeys came into play related to this particular story, but it's a good story. <laughs> you, 
You can't knock it for being a bad story. It's a good story. Yeah. So so the the way you run into one of these rebob flying monkeys is uh-huh. basically you go up Patrick Road to the end of Patrick Road. And this is, a, again, I'll put a picture of it up there. It's a little, like, two-lane road without even a line in the, down the center of it, like in the, in the tall grass of Napa Valley. Um, and you go up to the end of Patrick Road, and you sit there, and eventually these flying monkeys will come out of the trees and attack your vehicle and jump on it. And then another, now, the, yeah. Go ahead. Do we have any? Do we have any? Uh, uh, you know, at the very least, do we have any testimonials from any people who have who have been attacked? You know, nothing that's uh, super credible. <laughs> 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 but it is yeah. freaky deaky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and then another one is that like a lot of the attacks happen around like Lovers Lane incidents on uh patrick road so you know they go up there and they're hanging out parking in the car you know young kids and then they get attacked the car gets attacked by these rebobs huh kind of like that one mothman episode where that couple got attacked yeah well and a couple of people that commented on this are these different articles online mentioned that it's it is a little bit like mothman Right? And, the Jer- and the Jersey Devil. Yeah, yeah. Got so, those big wings, you know, bat-like, monkey-like, whatever. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I, I'm not completely discounting. You know, people are going to take stories and, and embellish them, no doubt about it. Uh, I kind of have a feeling that's what happened here. Uh, but I'm not of the mindset where I say something originally happened here and then people put some people took the ball and ran with it uh embellishing it and and talking about these mad scientists and this and that you know yeah no doubt who, about who, it yeah who knows what really is at the bottom of this uh hmm. anything anything current come up about this or not no firsthand accounts. So it's okay. it's more like they'll say, you know, lovers were attacked and children were attacked and dismembered and stuff like that. But nothing really to uh, kind of hang your uh, proverbial hat on. Yeah, it's like a creation of a horror story, you know. Exactly, exactly. It's not quite like creepy pasta like we've talked about in the past. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is this legend around Napa Valley. So here's the fun part of the whole thing. Uh-huh. So the Napa High School, back in 2018, they um, were facing local pressure because their mascot was some type of uh, Native American, you know, which has fallen out of favor, right? Like the Washington Redskins or whatever. And uh-huh. um, so they had a contest of who their mascot God should be, and according to this other article, excuse me, this other article, they picked uh, this creature as their mascot. Huh. So how cool is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's got funk, it's got style, baby. Yeah, Why not? I mean, a little rebot action, this winged monkey is pretty darn cool mascot. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to have one as a pet. Well, be careful what you wish for. 
<laughs> it may be scratching on your bedroom window tonight. Yeah. Well, two things hopefully are going to happen. Hopefully it's on the outside of the window. <laughs> two, yeah, two things are going to happen if anything scratches on my window tonight. The first one is I'm going to need a new box of shotgun shells. <laughs> the second one is I'm going to need a new window. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on over there? Just a little rebob. <laughs> a little reload for the rebob. <laughs> you see my neighbor's lights go on, you know. Everything okay, Bill? Pull. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and another one bites of dust. <laughs> I might have to put uh, the picture up of uh, the Wizard of Oz monkey, too. When you see the picture of this thing, they had these little pointy, like, horn-like ears, too, Bill. Like a bat, like a, yeah. you know. And a clown-like face with the red lipstick on it. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Can't get enough of them. Yeah, well, look, I don't know where a rebob shot shops for red lipstick. <laughs> no, this isn't the Rebob. This is the uh, Wizard of Oz monkey. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah you, know, you know, they were in the makeup room before they hit the stage. They were. They were. <laughs> we'll definitely put them up on the website, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com. Under yeah. this episode, episode 145. Yeah, a couple so, of Bill, yucks. that's our freaky deaky this week, the Rebobs of Napa Valley. Uh, in our cryptids in the news and other oddities, what kind of account might you have for us today? Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> this is a all book, Bigfoot counts are strange, right? I mean, when you hear them from the people, uh, it's even stranger. Uh, but this brief report was given to me by Tammy Bakerfield. Uh, a native of South Dakota. This is what Tammy had to share. The Bigfoot sighting, which I had called you about, took place in the Black Hills National Forest in my home state of South Dakota. The park actually consists of over one million acres and is incredible in its vastness and diversity. There are 32 trails in the park, and this trail is labeled number 26. My sister Louise and I have been on all of the trails more than once, some of them dozens of times, so we have a pretty good feel for the park. This particular trail is one of our favorites for doing a little snowshoeing, or cross-country skiing in the winter months. But it was in the beginning of August when this sighting had occurred. When hiking this trail, there's not a lot of elevation change, which is why it's ideal for snowshoeing. Perhaps maybe five to 700 feet total throughout your hike. She's talking about the height change or elevation change. The majority of the trail is marked and primarily old, well-worn vehicle trails throughout. 
There are, however, areas marked as trail where you are confronted with nothing but four-foot-tall grass. It's not much of a trail, if you ask me. While walking along these trails, you are for the most part walking between low, rolling hills that are fairly well covered with small to medium-sized pines and some dry, rocky terrain. Many of the hills run down into what I would call a small grassy meadow or a field. Louise and I were coming down this one old car path with somewhat of a tunnel effect to it. We were flanked on both sides by hundred-foot-tall hills and pine trees, with our view ahead of us being a fairly dense grouping of pines amidst some tall grass. We were maybe a quarter of a mile away from the grassy area that I just described, and the view to both sides was obscured by these low hills. It was from the left side of this grassy field that a huge Bigfoot came walking out into the field of tall grass, moving straight across our field of vision until it was concealed once again by the hill on our right side. So they had a window, like a tunnel effect going on, and here comes this Bigfoot cruising across the field that they were heading towards. As soon as we had seen it, the two of us froze in our tracks, and we watched as it walked across the field. This grass, by the way, was in fact the four-foot-tall grass of which I spoke earlier. As the creature was walking through it, The grass basically was level with its upper thigh area. The creature was maybe 500 yards in front of us as we watched it walking. And it seemed to be completely unaware of our presence up the trail. After it had gone by, we waited for maybe 10 minutes and slowly proceeded to where we had seen it. We made it over to the field. We were pretty frightened to be standing where this thing had just been. It was then that Louise pointed her finger in the distance and said, Look, Tammy, there it goes up on that hillside. She was pointing towards a somewhat barren slope, maybe 1,500 yards away, where we could see its dark body lumbering along. As we stood on the road which parted the middle of this tall grass, we could see that it had come down one hill to our left and moved straightway across the field to our north. The tall grass was parted where it had traveled. The two of us stood there dumbfounded by what we had just seen. There's quite a few streams and water sources in the park, and many different small animals can be seen scurrying around as you hike. But when you see something of this size, you can't help thinking, what is it doing out here, and where was it going? I was in shock, and it was a total shock to our senses as well. 
When it was cutting through the grass, its body must have been fully at least another five to six feet above the grass, more than likely, more than likely making it some nine or ten feet tall. The movement seemed to be slow motion and very lethargic, and yet, now that we were standing where it had been, it had walked about a hundred yards in maybe 15 or 20 seconds' time which told us that it takes some seriously long steps to do so. In the bright sunlight, its fur was most definitely an auburn color, because the red highlights were reflecting brightly in the light. The fur was glistening, and it actually appeared very clean and almost groomed. From the view that we had, which was the side of the Bigfoot, its head was somewhat below its shoulders and leaning slightly forward. Its upper shoulders or muscles were behind the base of its head. As we watched it walk, the arm swung in a very slow and deliberate pendulum-like movement that appeared almost synchronized with each step. This made the creature look almost mechanical or robotic. I guess that we were more shocked than frightened when we saw it, having spent so many days and hours in this wilderness through the years. Most of our friends could, couldn't believe it as the word began to spread about what we had spread around about what we experienced that day in 2006. But now that we know they are here with us, it's eyes wide open every time we enter the forest from here on out. What do you think of that, Kev? Whoa. Giant auburn colored Bigfoot coming out of four foot tall grass. That's creepy. Yeah. Eyes wide open. From here on out. Yeah, man. I'll tell you something, Kev. If the day ever happens that uh, you're out hiking and uh, you get a flash of one of these buggers or see some tracks, what do you think that how how do you think that will affect you? Uh, it'll be the same old story, Bill. I'll be looking at something that. I, you know, have been told my whole life really didn't exist. Yeah, and there it is. You think you'd be second-guessing yourself? Like, oh, well, maybe, uh, I don't know. I think it could have been a guy in a ghillie suit. No, not at, not especially not in the broad daylight sightings like this. You know, I think yeah. if it's the middle of the night, and even if you get a good look at it, I think you would be second-guessing yourself. Like, was it really that, you know? I mean, unless uh-huh. it's standing in front of you there for 20 seconds, 10 feet away, like some of these sightings are. Yeah. But not a broad daylight. I mean, come on. You know, again, as long as you know what a bear looks like, yeah. which I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Answer this question. Do bears have pointy ears? <laughs> <laughs> you know, again... Just a matter of weeks ago, Kev, weren't we doing that one about the strawberry field trail or the strawberry trail? Yes. And here's this lady. It didn't even dawn on me. 
Here's another uh, couple of gals walking through another area with uh, labeled trails, uh, a place they were well familiar with, as was that other woman. And they're out there just doing what they do, exercising, hiking out in this uh, South Dakota wilderness, uh, gigantic park. And just, you know, it was time. It was the lottery ticket that was theirs, you know. Oh, and I've been out there in the Black Hills, boy. Beautiful, beautiful Uh area, but really Uh rural and stars like you wouldn't believe at night. You're talking like Hollywood? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did you see Will Smith wallop that guy? Yeah, Chris Rock. Boy, oh boy. That's crazy. I still can't figure out if it's staged or what, you know. I don't believe anything I see in Hollywood except for the hairy man. Like, if the hairy man walked out in the theater and bopped him in the face, then I'd be a believer. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something. If the hairy man walked out into that theater and started something... I think everybody initially would be, oh, what are we in for here? Like it's some goofball. Next thing you know, the place would clear out. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, I tried to pull its mask off and it bit me. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it bit me. There was no mask. There was no mask. I tried to pull (laughs) its fake teeth out. Guess what? They weren't fake. Yeah. How about the description this lady gives of this thing appearing like it was groomed? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. You know, I mean... I don't think we've heard that one before, Bill. I haven't. You know, I hear so much stuff, it's hard to recollect. There might have been a couple that uh, witnesses said they looked like they were brushed. But Mm -hmm. And then there's the others that are totally off the chart, you know, with crap crusted on the fur and... Straggly, yeah, that's much more typical. Dirty and crap all over them, yeah, and extra stinky, extra stank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there you have it. I mean, it's just another uh, bizarre and from South Dakota, not not necessarily noted as a hot spot for Bigfoot sightings, and yet here we have somebody, South Dakota. Certainly very rural out there, Bill. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking, what'd she say, a million-acre park? Oh, it's just huge. Huge. I mean, a a million acres. Yeah. That's like... That's that's right out there by Mount Rushmore. It's just beautiful. Okay. Kind of like she described it, low-rolling hills? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they have some weird rock formations, too, out there, too. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, well, that's what makes America I don't mean so the ones great. that were carved to look like presidents. Yeah, that's a weird <laughs> rock formation. <laughs> that happened naturally. Nobody carved it, dude. It was a glacier. The glacier knew that we were going to have those presidents. The founding father glacier. <laughs> hey, by the way, how about a Bigfoot giveaway? Oh. In other words, an autographed Bigfoot book. For me, Bill? Uh, no. My birthday was about a month ago. Well, look, you can send in, you can reply through the website, uh, and, uh, 
you can answer the question. Uh, and if I happen to select your answer uh, as being the better, well, really, this question. Like, like is, what is the square root of 225? 15. Uh, no, that's not the question. Oh. The question is going to be fairly simple. What is the difference between a hurricane and a typhoon? So if you're listening right now, and obviously you are, and you would like to have a shot at an autographed copy of one of my books, go to BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com, hit the contact link, and answer the question... What is the difference between a hurricane and a typhoon? And you will be in the running. And if you weave a cryptid and or a hairy man into it, that's bonus points. <laughs> oh, we're going to make a little twisted tail, are we? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Bigfoot riding a broom. <laughs> oh man so that's it somebody's gonna get a free book or nobody's gonna get one if nobody answers the question oh they'll answer the question we always have good, <laughs> good uh take rate on our contests i never get a book yeah. but you know <laughs> but you haven't entered i have <laughs> you don't pick my entry <laughs> yeah i was I was Mary Smith once. I used Martha's name once. Once. Even signed it with a paw print. Yeah. <laughs> I signed mine, Ted Bundy. I would have traded the book for, like, a biscuit <laughs> and gotten it from her. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, so that's it, man. That was a good, uh, a good account from South Dakota, Black Hills. Very cool. Uh, that rebob jazz was like off the charts, freaky deaky. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes when you tell me something freaky deaky, I'm like, well, I don't know where we're going, but we're going. We're going. But uh, we're going, and brother. by the way, if you need to get a little creep on, folks, just Google the image of the flying monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to put one of them up on the website, too, under this episode. <laughs> Those things are creepy looking. Yeah, yeah, they were creep. Yeah, and that Mar- Margaret Hamilton, who played the witch. <laughs> I mean, you know, she did some other stuff back then in the black and white uh, movies. I think she even did some like coffee commercials or something. <laughs> she did like Maxwell House or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Am I right? Yeah, I'm not sure it was Maxwell House, but she did do some uh, coffee commercials way back when. But- but she was made famous by that role. I hope those people made a few bucks doing that. You know how a lot of I think they made about off. seven bucks. Yeah. <laughs> seven to split bucks. between them. No, they didn't get anything. I mean, you know, other than Judy Garland, right? She probably made a good mint on it. Yeah. I, it saddens me to know how many of those people got shanghaied uh, back then, like the little rascals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, these hey, maybe the Little just, Rascals were, were the Flying Monkeys, actually, now that you mention it. Could That's be. a good maybe theory. Was, I'm going with that. It's a side gig. Yeah, the one looks a little <laughs> bit like Spanky. 
<laughs> remember, remember Stymie saying, they're not babies, they're fidgets. <laughs> remember them two burglars that were posed as babies and they were in the carriages? Oh, yeah. And the one guy had gee, a c- cigar. Gee, Miss Crabtree, <laughs> you smell like a new haircut. <laughs> I love those guys, man. I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah, I don't even know where you would go to see them, you know. But, yeah. Uh, you know, the rumor is, too, remember they used to have those, like, go-kart and fire engine go-kart races down that huge hill? Yeah, they'd build those contraptions. Yeah, and that was up in uh, that hill. I've I've walked up and down that hill in uh, uh, Ithaca, New York, East Buffalo Street. Really? Apparently that's where they filmed that, and it's like the steepest hill you ever saw. They definitely wow. got hurt riding those things down that hill. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the I wonder what the crash rate was exactly. like. Exactly, you know, it was high. It was hard to walk down that hill. Yeah, no workers' comp cases back then. You know, no, nothing. <laughs> Get up, rub some dirt on it. Yeah, tape no an aspirin theater. to that wound. <laughs> no movie theater actors guild. No. <laughs> All right, Bill, we're going to listener mail. All right, let's have at it. first email comes in from Caitlin, and it's about Bigfoot physiology. She says, hi, Kevin Bill. I've been a longtime listener of the podcast and a short-time audiobook listener for Bill's books. Due to the nature of my career, I love listening to the cryptids in the news segment where I get to learn about other creatures and some from my own state of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the New Jersey devil, but hike in the Pine Barrens and work near the Pine Barrens. I wrote you both to get your opinion on a few aspects of alleged Bigfoot behavior. My career is in chemistry, and I've always had an affinity for science in the truest forms. Basically, logic, hypothesis to be experiment is something I use by nature. She has two questions, Bill. First one for Uh, you. Okay. I understand you have more physiology knowledge than I do. Are you sure about that, Caitlin? <laughs> Just because he claims to have seen a flying monkey, it doesn't mean he has better physiology knowledge. Smart woman, that Caitlin. But she says, I've listened to all of your podcasts and audiobooks, and I've noticed multiple consist- consistencies and was wondering that in order to have a stride in which one foot is in front of the other, making tracks in a straight line... What kind of lower body pelvic structure would a Bigfoot have to have? Boy, that sounds like a riddle, Bill, and I'm glad she asked you. Well, you know, really, it's a simple thing. Uh, We don't have a body, so we can't tell exactly. But in my opinion, for that to occur, the pelvis or the socket joint on the uh, sides of the pelvis uh, is only one piece of the puzzle to make that happen. So let's just assume the creature has similar uh, ball and socket joints as we do in our hips. It would be a matter of the construction of that ball and socket joint as well as the knee joint 
where the upper and lower leg bones meet. And then really, almost as much or more than anything else, how the muscles and, it, and the tendons were attached uh, to the bone that could allow such movement to occur when walking. We can it's an odd <coughs> thing. We we can do that, right? We can yep. walk like that as humans, but it's not natural. Right. But a ballerina or a, a gymnast walking a high beam uh, or walking the balance beam, we can do that, but it's not our casual gait. Right. And it really wouldn't take a lot structurally to make that happen. It's just that we're not created that way. But we can do it if we wanted to. That's right. It's yeah. just not natural. You don't go right. walking down the street like that. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it would be more of a structural thing encompassing uh, quite a bit more than just your hip, uh, your pelvis, uh, to make that happen. But it could easily uh, have been created that way. Where that and, and by the way, Kev, you know, I commented uh, on more than one occasion that in the Patty film, uh, and I think another clip I've seen, some of these Bigfoot appear to be what I call a little bit knock-kneed. Yeah. Where the knees come close together in the middle of the leg. Now, that may be also a clue uh, structurally to a different design at the knee that is the norm for these creatures. Right. Which gives them that close gait left to right. Uh, so it's a mystery, right? The whole Bigfoot enigma is one big mystery. And I hope we uh, gave your question its due. What was the second part, Kevin? Well, here goes. The second part is for me. Okay. Kev, I heard you mention the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch series a couple of times in the past seasons of this podcast. I have a lot of downtime at work, and I like to watch shows while I work. I came across the Skinwalker Ranch series only recently, but was only intrigued because I heard it on this podcast. As a woman of science, I'm completely captivated by the experimentation on the show, and thank you for the recommendation. It is super cool. Uh, Caitlin, that they have, you know, the scientists on the show and really being disciplined about doing controlled experiments. And by the way, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch is coming back here in May of 2022 for another season. So uh, yeah. sit tight. It's coming up quickly. And she yeah. writes, I spend a lot of times outdoors fishing and hiking. I believe wholeheartedly that Bigfoot is real, even not ever seeing one myself. What I have learned while listening to the podcast has let me to have the utmost respect for them. If I ever get the honor of having my own experience, I will owe it all to you both and what I've learned from this. Wow, that's pretty impressive. But Caitlin, make sure you also pay attention to the uh, words that my brother says at the end of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Always oh, carry more gun than you think you're going to need, Caitlin. That's right. That's right, Caitlin. And, Bill, speaking <laughs> of carrying more gun, our next, our next letter comes in from Brad from Indiana. 
right. And he says, how ironic that listening as you talk about the black-eyed children seemingly every week, that should I watch the newest episode of Paranormal Court Caught on Camera on Discovery Plus, and they show a pretty clear recording from a cell phone of a two-and-a-half-year-old child dancing and a few frames of the video stands a very eerie-looking child with black eyes. What? And as the little child is dancing, he turns and even acknowledges the black-eyed child standing there. Ugh. There you go. Yeah, you want to talk about creep fest. No doubt about that. Hello. Black-eyed children. You know, Kev, the first time I heard about the black-eyed children, uh, this guy was talking about how these two kids approached him while he was sitting in his car in a parking lot, (laughs) uh, asking him if they could come. Can I borrow your phone? No, 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 no. They wanted to come in the car and have him give them a ride. Oh, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? And he looked up and described what we're now talking about, these black-eyed kids, this pasty, pale complexion, jet black uh, shark eyes. Shark eyes, I like that. Yeah, you know that. that Yeah, no, that's a good description. That's what I was thinking of, but I never thought of calling it that. And they get in, Bill, at one of the rest areas, the Molly Pitcher rest area on the New Jersey Turnpike, and they say... Please take me to the Black Hills of South Dakota. (laughs) We'll pay for the gas. Of course we will. (laughs) Ah, they are creepy. Their eyeballs just remind me of like a doll, right? Like a black button. Just plugged in. You can't tell if it's looking at you when you walk to the left or the right. Which, by the way, looks a little bit like the eyes on the flying monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. Uh, uh, Pull them up. Take a look. There'll be a picture uh, under Podcast uh, 145. uh, All right, Bill. Our last email this week comes in from Preston in the Adirondacks. Okay. And he says, hey, WJ, come on, Preston, you can show me a little love, too. But he didn't. Hey, WJ, (laughs) I just received my copy of UFO Sightings and Encounters. Ah, What an incredible book. I barely put it down. I think most of us interested in the big hairy guy would like to hear a UFO encounter included in the podcast from time to time. Keep those UFO volumes coming. I'm still here in the southern Adirondacks, keeping eyes and ears, searching for the hairy man. Preston. Good deal with that. By the way, I forgot to announce today, folks, you know, if you're unfamiliar with uh, me and the work I do, I just released UFO Sightings and Encounters, Volume 1, W.J. Sheehan at Amazon. Do yourself a favor and grab a copy of that bad boy. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you want to get your freak on... There's some strange goings-on around this planet, uh, not only in the land of Bigfoot cryptids, but UFOs. And uh, there are some stories in there, including my own, 
uh, that'll just rock your world. And apparently Preston took me up on the offer and picked up a copy. Nice job, Preston. Yeah, you're freaky, man. Very good. Well, folks, thank you so much for writing in. Thank you for listening. And thank you for all those five-star reviews. If you haven't given us a five-star review or even a written review with five stars, please do so today. We love hearing from you, and it allows us to bring new listeners to the podcast, which is fantastic. Absolutely. And great job, Kev, with that uh you know, it's a little strange, a little comical almost, but, you know, it's it's not all uh, blood and guts and gore. No, hey, it's a cryptid, too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, it's a strange and odd thing. Uh, and the other oddity is just this, that mankind seems to be infatuated with strangeness, fairies, uh, rebobs, you know, all of these odd creatures— and it creates this sense of real or not so real, you know. But we love this. We're infatuated and it with it. it got me to take a look, and hopefully all of you listeners out there, to take a look at one of the flying monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so if you didn't get your creep that, so. on, that'll get your creep on. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know if Tammy Bakerfield, the South Dakotan, uh, that gave me this encounter is listening to this podcast. I have no way of knowing. But in light of what she said, it's eyes wide open every time we enter the forest from here on out. I may add to that, Tammy. Always carry more gun than you think you're gonna need. Sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs>